It is a beautiful April afternoon on a weekend. The sun is shining, I've got a cider in my hand, and I'm sat in my bedroom with the window, with the curtains drawn, ready to talk about Football Manager. Hello and welcome to the A Thousand Hours podcast. I'm Alex Towles and I'm as always joined by Alex's Woodward and Tamp Brown. Hello lads, how you doing? Yeah, finally okay. All of my technology failed before the recording, but you know, we're getting places. We got there in the end. Yeah, you, you know, you're getting there. Um, I'm doing fantastically well because today is the day that Forest Green Rovers are going to get relegated from the Sky. So Bet obsessed, one, and that is fantastic. So obsessed. <laughs> they they occupy a space in my head that will never be never be uh, unfilled. Spurs are also losing. That's fun. Brighton are winning. Spurs are losing. Bristol City are lo- also losing. That's sad. If we're talking about real life football, get ready for the episode of Going Deutsch, which has already come out before this podcast, where I scream at Borussia Dortmund. Isn't that every other episode of Going Deutsch? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's fair. Anyway, Football Manager. It's been around a month, as it usually has. I've played two and a bit seasons of the Taunton save. Tam Brown has played... How many seasons have you played of the Tancaster save since we last spoke? One. Fair I've enough. Only, I've only just finished as well. And Alex Woodward, how much football manager have you played since we last spoke? Um, two seasons of Tabby. And, well, half a season currently for going Deutsch. Jedi's to save, which, as per usual, <laughs> I've left too late. Yes, so we will be no, no talking talking through, as usual, mine and Tamp Browns, and then leaving Woodward to last so he can tell, talk us through the the editor save with us all in it once it's actually finished being a save. Right. In January. Currently in January. By the time we get to around to it, we're sure we'll be ready to go. So, should I start or should Tamp Brown start? Well, Tam Brown always starts. I feel like, I do feel like if we change the order of this podcast, the universe will explode. So let's not do that. Fair <laughs> enough. Like, you you might say it's some improbable, but like let's not take that risk anyway. That's that, that's that's true. That's true. So, um, where I left you was deciding to embark on a one centre back formation in the championship to see whether or not that would improve our fortunes in getting promoted. Um. I signed someone at the start of the year and Alex Woodward is disqualified from answering this question because he knows the answer. Um, I've given, I gave Alex Towles a bit of a kind of heads up as to, as to who the player could be. They are a central midfielder who start off the game at one of the big super clubs in Europe. Um, you're obviously Heidenheim. Oh, of, of course it's Heidenheim, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, central midfielder, Young, um, and by the time of uh, 2028, or the summer of 2028, this person was 22. They hadn't really broken into the first team at their super club. So I signed them on loan, and they're now going to sign a permanent contract with me for £10 million. Only 22? Yeah, so that's six seasons in, so this person would have been 16 at the start of the game. God, no. I was going to go with um, Stefan Bajetic, but I, no. he's too old. Yeah, um, he... 
I don't know. Who is it? So, uh, oh, I, I might give you a hint if that helps. Go on. Uh, double-barreled surname. Oh, I, I, is it an Arsenal you player? Can't, no, it's not an Arsenal player. If you could watch this podcast, you could see the puzzlement in in mm. Alex Towell's face. I have no idea. So, uh, it's oh no, from... it's Warren Zare Emery. Emery. It, it is, it is Warren Zare Emery. Um, so I, I, I signed I, yeah, him. I, I was briefly thinking like Jeremy Bino Gittens. No, he's a winger. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I thought that would have been the helpful one, mm. the, the double barrel surname, because it just narrowed it down to two players. Um, so yeah, I signed Warren Zare Emery on loan from from uh, PSG with a, a future fee if he played in 25 games of £10 million, which surprisingly he accepted and came in. I was originally going to play him as a deep-lying playmaker in the in the centre of the park of my one centre-back formation, but instead uh, Zare Emery slipped seamlessly in behind um, Jamie Pond and um, Kouassi to be a half-back for me. Right. And he has performed that role diligently. So he's got an average rating this season of 7.28. That's not bad, to be fair. 18 assists and one goal from a half-back role. Um, so to, to take you quickly through my, my one centre-back formation, I've got one ball-playing centre-back, one um, ball-playing defender as a defend uh, role. I've got two wing-backs on support, uh, flanking the half-back, which is Zare Emery. I've then got a ball-wing midfielder and a box-to-box midfielder. And I've got three attacking midfielders. Two of them are on attacking midfield uh, roles. One of them is a shadow striker. And then I've got an advanced forward up top. And there's a load of green lines going everywhere, which should give you a hint as to how my season has has gone uh, with this with this formation. So it's currently the 14th of May and it's all over in the championship apart from the playoffs. Um, you two know where I finished because we discussed this earlier. Um, but I won the league. So uh, I scored 173 goals on my way to winning the league with 78 goals going in my net, which makes us the best attacking side but also the fourth worst defensive side, only to be outdone by relegated Preston, Huddersfield and Millwall. That's a thing of beauty. Uh, Millwall finished with a minus 70 goal difference as well, (laughs) Um, only gaining 20 points uh, across the whole season. I mean, they were relegated in in March. But yes, we got a record points total of 121 points across the season, which is... Huge because we beat Reading, who got it in 0506 with 106 points, I believe. I'm now looking at Alex Woodward because yeah, he is the yeah, it was 106. He's the resident expert as to as to the championship. So, does anybody want to guess how many goals my top scorer got? So it's a question of whether this is like the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers or whether it, they're like really should have had a second part of this joke set up <laughs> the 90s Utah Jazz 
I don't even think that works properly. But <laughs> oh no, the nineties Houston Rockets. Right there we go. Um, specific basketball reference. Um, over under one goal again. Over. Oh, so it'd be oh seven Cavaliers. Cool. Um, um fifty. Sixty-five. Bearing in mind this is uh, just in the league, and we scored um, one hundred and seventy-three in the league. Seventy. Uh, my star striker scored one hundred and twelve goals in the championship. What? What? Says FM is unrealistic. <laughs> Is that in like? Um, is that in? Did he play every game? He managed to play every game. So, so is that? Did he start every game? He started every game. Right. So that's a hundred and what do you say? Hundred and twelve. Hundred and twelve goals in forty-six starts. It's about two point four a game. Oh my like that. word! That's um, ridiculous. To give you a sense as to how broken this tactic is, my star striker uh, won player of the month every month in the championship. Alex, have you got this um, <laughs> tactic on, on the FM workshop or something? Yeah, I think you need to no, post this um... on Steam. Put it somewhere, because clearly you've broken <laughs> broken the game beyond repair. More than two goals a game. Yeah, I know. Days. <laughs> I'm I'm questioning my my sanity as to how this has managed to happen, um, but it, it's it's just it's so weird. Um, yeah, 112 goals over the course of uh, 46 games for for my striker. Uh, he is probably the most selfish bastard I've ever had the the opportunity of working with. He I got- think he's allowed to be. Yeah, he, he he got 28 man of the matches in the league. So Jesus. as you can as you can see he's he's probably one of the you know the better the better people that I've got. Um so he he got a 9.17 rating across the season having scored uh, basically one in every five shots that he took. Uh, I think that's kind of the beauty of this tactic is the fact that you end up just peppering the goal so much that you just end up scoring loads, but you also end up conceding a hell of a lot as well. So, yeah, that 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 went well. And Warren Zare Emery had a fantastic, fantastic season for me, and he was my base. He was my standout signing uh, because I only brought in a load of other youth players. Um, so obviously, we did very well in the league. You probably want to hear about the cup competitions as well. We got to the fourth Please round. Please tell me you were knocked out by an amateur side. No. Well, we <laughs> lost in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup to Everton, so I suppose that counts. Um, yeah. yeah. On, on real life form. Um, but the, the funniest moment was probably us getting knocked out of the FA Cup. Right. Right. And you might... I've told Towels about this one already, so he, he is fully prepared for it. But we got knocked out in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, in probably Histon. what is done, it's done, it's done. Alex Boris Green uh, Rovers, Leeds United <laughs> coming up to haunt him. No, no. 
it was uh, West Bromwich Albion who dumped us out. But that's not the weirdest part. The weirdest part is that we played them three times in a week, right? Which culminated in us getting knocked out in the fourth round replay that we played. The uh, first game was in the league where we played them at home and got battered 6-1. Of course. Uh, We then played them in the FA Cup fourth round on the weekend because the, the league game was on a Tuesday. Uh, playing them on the weekend, we drew four four in the first round uh, in the fourth round of the FA Cup, and then we had a replay at their place in which we lost five three. So in the course of one week, we played three games with West Bromwich Albion, losing on average fifteen eight, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I, I enjoy as a as a little bit of a story. But um, I think people might know that I support Arsenal from from this podcast. Uh, we dumped them out the round before, mm-hmm. which was simultaneously heartbreaking, but also wonderful to to dump out Arsenal 5-4 at the Emirates. So it's been swings and roundabouts, emotionally speaking, I'd like to say. But all in all, I think this has been a, a very successful season. And I'm currently staring at the Premier League with that, um, you know, that Ralph meme from The Simpsons of, Chuckles, haha! I'm in danger. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do know because it's referenced on every episode of this podcast. Yeah, I, I, I feel like yeah. it's always referenced by you as well. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's normally because I am in danger. Except um, you're not in danger. You're scoring two goals a game with one player. Well, I, I think the true test is the Premier League. If this works in the Premier League, then I'm definitely putting it out there. I think you've got to put it out there anyway, man. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> um. Wait, no, take take us back to this striker. Can can you please walk us through his stats? Is that his um his player traits? What have you got him doing? What does he do? So he is. Um... Please tell me it's Patrick Bamford. <laughs> no, we, we so we've just we, we... we'll get back to Patrick Bamford because we, we took, before we recorded we were talking about Patrick Bamford in this save. Oh, were uh, you? But oh, perfect. We'll get back to him. Please tell me about your striker. Please tell me it's Dapo Afalayan. <laughs> no, it's not Dapo Afalayan. So he's an advanced forward, right. uh, and basically, I've I've just tried to 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 train him up. Uh, the media description of him is a cultured striker, right? And he is cultured. Um, so his finishing is twenty. Um, his first touch is seventeen, um, and his technique is twenty as well. In the championship, yeah. He's all- <laughs> How have you done this? He's also want uh, an insane amount of training and just literally telling him to do individual training, which I am overseeing. So is this one of your lads that you brought in at like 12? Yes. Right. Th- this this boy I, I kidnapped age 12 from France, I think. Um, <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> A Thousand Hours Out of Contact. <laughs> I realised as soon as I said, well, come on, let's be honest. If, if you play a thousand hours of football manager, you are not unfamiliar with human trafficking wonder kids from places. So, yeah, uh, anyway, definitely the best player on my team. Um, and he's just signed a new contract wanting £25,000 per week. Mm-hmm. So thank, thank God he's going to stay. But to be honest, the rest of his stats outside of the the usual advanced forward um best stats are terrible right how so terrible? he is um 
corners, crossing, long throws, marking, tackling, um, aggression, bravery, concentration, determination, um, and where is it? There's, <laughs> there's another one somewhere. And uh, where is it? Uh, free kick taking, heading are all five. Okay. I was expect- half expecting you to say one. <laughs> no, no, they're all, they're all five. But he, he's an insane advanced forward. But if you played him anywhere on the pitch, it would be like watching... Um, it'd be like watching Big Bird from Sesame Street try and play football. Just uncoordinated, flapping around, and not really sure what any use they will have on the pitch. I'd, I'd pay to watch that. <laughs> who who would be the best Jim Henson character in football? Well, that's a question that's not been asked. Um, I'd I'd like to say that um, I think Miss Piggy Karate Kick. I think the the Cookie Monster. <laughs> I didn't realise Moot Vegas was created by Jim Henson. <laughs> I, I was thinking more as a puppeteer, like. If, it, if anyone's going to become a, a Muppeteer, I think it'd be Vegos because you've got to be, I think, uh, quite tall to fit in the costumes. Yeah, that is that is I, true. I, I feel like Miss Piggy would be really good at doing, like, volley karate kicks into into a net. <laughs> Miss Piggy there crossed with Eric Cantona. Brilliant. <laughs> 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 so, yeah... Um, he he's an he's been an unbelievable striker for me this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he can continue his goal scoring vein into the Premier League. Don't think he will, but you know we can but we can but sit and hope. I mean, I think he'll get close because from what you're describing, he's easily a Premier League standard advanced fo- advanced forward. Yes, yeah, he's definitely a, a Premier League standard advanced forward. How much it's is he worth? Case um, I need to find him again. <laughs> I was not. I was starting to look at my my actual team. Uh, nine point six to ten point five million. Only he's, that. He's, he's, he's easy. Well, you've got to remember it's the player's reputation for my team is still broken. Oh, and also for the rest of the listeners, uh, the team reputation was fixed. Um, weirdly enough, we jumped from being a, a regionally known team to being a nationally known team. But the player's reputation is still dog, absolute dogger. So his reputation on in game is two and a half stars, right? Which is obviously insane because anyone who scores one hundred and twelve in the league will be better known than two and a half yeah. stars. Um. So yeah, that was that was the season that was, and upon my promotion to the Premier League. My board have gone. Well, our our stadium isn't good enough to be in the Premier League, so we need to expand it. But whilst we expand it, we need to move away. And as was discussed off off recording, um, the infinite wisdom of the Tadcaster Albion board. So, if you don't know where Tadcaster is, is sort of halfway between Leeds and York in England, um, and we have moved to rent Tranmere Rovers Stadium, which is about 50, 60 miles away near Liverpool, when we could have just rented Ellen Road in Leeds. (laughs) The worst thing about this is the fact that Tranmere Rovers are a National League team and they have a more Premier League-worthy stadium than a Championship team, which has a new-build stadium. 
kill me. <laughs> just kill me. I have to travel to Tramway. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't say this was your new stadium? Oh yeah. We <laughs> built a new stadium when we we built a new stadium when we got to League One and didn't think that we might get promoted to a point where we need to expand it. Amazing. So <laughs> In all fairness, can you imagine how that conversation would have gone? Like, oh, okay, we need to build this new stadium. We need to think about the standards we need to get it to. Oh, well, what if Tadk has to get promoted to the Premier League? I feel like the entire room would have erupted into laughter if somebody had suggested that. Yeah. They don't know that you're going to play one centre-back and get an 112-goal strike or whatever it was. I've bloody revolutionised football, and they didn't even <laughs> think to foresee the fact that we are now playing in bloody Birkenhead of all places. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's fair, a lovely stadium. If this um, if this did happen in real life, I imagine it might be entirely like every single time they went up, it'd be no, no, surely not, because because like Tadcaster, remember they start. I, I I believe I'm right in saying they start outside of the standard league system. You've modded them in. Yeah, yeah, mm. they they start in what is the northern counties. Uh, division one south and east division which is two leagues below the vanarama national league north um so i i got a a specific database in order to be able to play as them um so we we've when we when we first built the the aptly named tadcaster albion stadium for all you fun for all you fun people out there uh we were in league one so we had got I'm trying to work it out on the fly here. I think about five promotions by this point, and we still only decided to build a 5,000 capacity stadium, <laughs> which was probably um, because of the fact that our reputation hadn't commensurately gone up with our pillar, with our place in the league. So our board built what they thought was a big stadium for a club of our reputation, only for our reputation to fix itself in the championship, playing in a 5,000 capacity stadium only for us to get promoted to the Premier League and needing at least 10,000 in the stadium. <laughs> so, all in all, I'm a victim of my own success, and my success has forced me to go to Tranmere, of all places. Which That's, that's a sentence that has never been uttered before. My success <laughs> forced me to go to Tranmere. Definitely not in professional football. <laughs> I am so good at professional football. I'm going to play it. Tranmere Rovers. Fantastic. Leeds United's success once forced them to play away at Tranmere. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what the worst part about this is? Right? Is the fact that Leeds United have been relegated from the Premier League and yet we're not, you know, taking their stadium despite us now being the better club. <laughs> I think that's the most infuriating part about this. Over the course of this save, because of how because of how messed up our club's reputation has been and the fact we've needed to build a new stadium but also meet the ground requirements for the leagues that we've gone to, we have rented out Harrogate Town's Envirovent Stadium, the York City Community Stadium, and now Tranmere Rovers Stadium. Do you know how much rent we're paying them? We're paying them 180 grand a year. We're keeping that club afloat <laughs> by renting their stadium. See, what I... I... I really wish now. Well, I, actually, maybe you could do this, Tam Brown. Make an, an a secondary manager and make the manager of Tranmere Rovers. I want to know if that 
money is going anywhere in the safe. <laughs> you, you know what? Can I can I view their finances? Because I, I think I've still got it. Oh, actually, I've, I've I've just gone to check the national league. I've got it as a a view only league. Right. Uh, Tranmere Rovers have won the national league, so we're only going to be renting from a League Two side. Yeah. Which at, at least they're in. <laughs> at least they're in the EFL. If that's any sort of consolation prize, I don't know. Um, I wonder if we've ever actually played them. That's that's now what's kind of come into my head. Um, I'm not sure we have ever played them. So, we'll see. Uh, no, we haven't. We have never played Tranmere Rovers. <laughs> oh, no, we have. We lost to them. I knew I hated <laughs> them. I knew I, we, we played them in uh, Skybet League 2 where um, we lost 3-1 with an attendance of 6,431, where we took 80 away fans. Amazing. So, is, yeah, we, we, we don't have a nice history with Tranmere, I don't think. No, we, we don't. No. Um, they beat us at home as well. So, um, death to Tranmere, death to Prenton Park, um, Oh, Tadcaster Albion and Tadcaster Albion are Premier League. We are Premier League, all Tad are we? Which is actually in contrast to Tadcaster Albion in in real life, who have actually been relegated from the Division One Southeast of the Northern Premier League. Oof. So if you're looking for a new manager, Andy Charlesworth, who's the chairman, um, hit me up. I guess. Wow. I can take you to the Premier League with a one centre back formation, <laughs> and this is the proof that I can. I will. I will end my. I will end my thing there because I've only got one season to talk mm. about. It's nothing really ex- exciting or interesting. <laughs> nothing really exciting or interesting. <laughs> One hundred and twelve goals, man. I'll be honest. If that constitutes not exciting or interesting, we need to scrap the rest of this podcast <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh man. I, I feel as though I've also undersold him because he scored thirty-one in ten in the cup, both the Carabao and the. Uh, and the FA Cup. 41 in 10. Surely that's like 10 31. Thirty-one in ten. Thirty-one in ten. So that's um hat trick, hat trick, hat trick, hat trick, hat trick. Uh competitions, um, EFL Cup and uh FA Cup. Um we played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We played ten games. So on average, yeah, he was Oh, no. Uh, it was because in the EFL Cup first round, we played Leighton Orient and uh, beat them 9-1 with him scoring seven. So that's probably why <laughs> his his things are so high. But yeah, that's that, that that's, that's my season as, as Ted Castor Albion in the, in the Skybet Championship. We moved to the Premier League. Excellent. Speaking of the Premier League, Taunton Town are in the Premier League. That's that's such a smooth segue as well. That's wonderful. <laughs> I had to recognise it. It was beautiful. <laughs> so, I feel like it's it's going to fail when it gets to my part. <laughs> Speaking of the Premier, Premier League, Premier League, the Bundesliga. They can't play in it. Uh, well, yes. We've broken away and joined the Premier League. <laughs> we won the championship in 2033-34, which I believe was the season I, we were right at the start at of last time we recorded. 
We finished as champions with 98 points, so not quite so good as uh, Tamp Brown, but 98 points is still pretty good. 29 wins, 11 draws, and 6 losses. Four points clear of Leeds, who finished second. And What is it with Leeds and the championship in our FM saves? I mean, they're going to be going back there soon in real life, right? Yeah. So it's, it's fitting. <laughs> They're just preparing for it. Uh, we yeah. also it's realistic. Could, we also could have made a decent enough run at Reading's all-time points record if it wasn't for the fact that uh, in our last four games we picked up four points. We uh, we secured the league title with a four-one win away at Sheffield United with five games to go, and then our last four games were loss, draw, win, loss. If we'd won, though, if we if we just kept winning, we would have easily cleared the points total. But we didn't, so that's that sad. is that is sadomasochistic level of choking, really. I mean, it's not even a choke because we won the league. It's just our players were on the beach. Yeah, uh, not not a choke in the regard of you didn't get promoted, but a choke in the regard of you could have, you know, mm. got yourself into that elite yeah. elite level. That was also which you would want to do. Our first season in the Taunton Town Stadium, a bigger stadium than the one Tamp Brown had at 14,950 seats. I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but it's notable because two seasons later, we are expanding it again. Um, And so in 2035-36, the season I'm currently at the start of, we are ground sharing with Bristol City at Ashton Gate. I mean, it's because your board actually has ambition to get to the Premier League. Also a map. That's that's why. Uh, Also a map. uh, The the funniest thing is that in the two home games we've played so far this season in the league, we have maxed out Ashton Gate, um, bringing in 24,491 people. Would anyone like to guess what the capacity of our new stadium is? Or of our expanded stadium is? Not that. Not that, indeed. It's 24,000 flat. So yeah, that we five hundred seats less than the stadium that we are renting and currently maxing out. That's fine. Well, at least no one will be able to get tickets. No, yeah. Well, so that I've was got like my experience of the Premier League. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've got um, how to put this. Bad news for Tam Brown if his save is anything like mine. Uh, because being in the Premier League was, although our first season in the Premier League was by far the hardest season of the save so far. We came 17th. We scraped survival with 36 points. We were level on points with Preston, who went down and only survived on goal difference. The only reason we survived was because Preston lost their all four of their last four games of the season. If we if that hadn't happened, we would not have survived. It but still that's you've you've survived in the Premier League, and that's the m- most important thing, I think. Yes, but also we're bad. We're really bad. Um, like the tactic I was playing for most of most of my the save just fell to pieces in the Premier League because the players weren't good enough. My four, my good old trusted four three three just fell to bits. So halfway through the season, I swapped to. What I'm calling a four-two-one-three. So I've got the same backline, 
except my wing backs are now on support instead of one on support and one on attack. Then I've dropped one of my centre midfield sent, dropped one of my centre mids back to be a defensive midfielder and moved my one remaining centre mid over to be in the centre. So I've got two defensive midfielders, one anchor on defend, and one Segundo Volante on support, and a centre midfielder on attack ahead of them. Then my front line of an inverted winger attacking, advanced forward and winger on attack. Which is fine. It worked. We stopped conceding goals, which was nice, but we also stopped scoring them. Like, we had one of the worst attacks in the league through the back end of last season. Like, we could, we didn't score more than two goals in a game through the whole season, and we only scored more than one, like, twice. Like, it was, it was not good, as they say. Uh, so this season I have swapped back to the tried and tested 4-3-3, but I have swapped out the deep-line playmaker that I was using in the championship back for a ball-winning midfielder, like I was using in the lower leagues, in the hope that because I'm a really bad team, having a ball-winning midfielder is better there. Uh, it's not working so far. Um, we have played three games and lost two and drawn one nil-nil. So it's going really great. I'm loving life. My data analysis says we are performing above average in attacking statistics, but below average in defensive statistics. To be fair, our defending does look better than it was last season, but it's not its not great. Um, so while, actually, while we're on the tactics, Tam Brown, can you, can you walk me through what your halfback does? Because I've seen the halfback suggested, and I'm not sure if I want to use one. Like... Obviously, I used to be using a deep line playmaker on defend. I now have a ball wing midfielder on defend. Um, would a halfback be better? So, he, my halfback, shouldn't really work, but it works because I've only got one centre back. Right. Does that make sense? Um, I think it's just the fact that um, we shouldn't have been able to get Warren Zare Emery. And we have, and he was just too good for the championship. But either or, they they kind of drop back further than a standard just DM, and they are you need to have really good passing stats for your halfback, right? And basically, he just feeds the ball to either my wing backs who bomb forward, or to my box to box midfielder who tries to get it up to the the kind of four attacking players that I've. That I've got as my as my cams and my my advance forward. His job is to basically take the ball from the ball playing defender and just switch it. And so I, I think I went through Zare Emery's um, player traits, um, and he's just got some fantastic player traits. Like he will just look to hit long range passes, and I think that's where we've got most of our goals from. Is the fact that he's just picked up the ball and pinged it. Mm. For four players to just run onto. Sorry, what are his passing uh, stats? So Zare Emery, here we go. Uh, his passing is sixteen. His technique is seventeen, but he's also got really good tackling and first touch, both at uh, sixteen and fourteen respectively. But his composure, again, mid-teens, anticipation, decisions, positioning, teamwork, and vision are all towards that higher end of the 
of the teens, mm. 16s, 17s, and 18s. Damn. Which is why he works really, mm. really, really well. See, my current starting defensive midfielder is Sam Warren, who I think I've mentioned in previous episodes of the podcast for being my best player. He's not my best player anymore because I have signed better players, but he is still an important cog in my team. Um, my assistant tells me his best role in duty is an anchor on defense, so I might swap him to being an anchor. Currently, as a ball-winning midfielder, he's doing all right. He's got a very high average rating, but we are losing football matches, so I'm not sure if it's actually working. <laughs> um, he's got 15 passing and 13 vision. I'm not quite sure if that's high enough to be playing a ball-playing role in the Premier League, which is why I've swapped him from being that into being a ball-winning midfielder. But yeah, that's a thing. Um, we've also spent shit tons of money because what else do you do when you're in the Premier League? Um, we have all of our facilities. They have been upgraded. Like, slowly but surely. I clicked upgrade on basically everything. Training facilities, youth training facilities, youth recruitment, youth level, all of that. And I also spent a lot of money on football players because I wanted to stay in the Premier League. Um, I've got I've actually got three Wonder Kids now, which is very fun. Um, the best signings are Ivan Janovic and Sebastian Rivera. Janovic is a winger, a left-footed winger, which forced me to swap my entire team around to cater for left-footers. He, I brought him in at 18 from Oistjek in Croatia for £4.1 million. He came in at 18 as a four-star player with five-star potential. And his value was immediately sixty-five to seventy-five million pounds. That's fun. That's, that's, a, that's a bit. That is a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, he does have a minimum fee release clause of sixty-six million pounds, but no one's paid it yet, and I'm not complaining. So, yeah, it, even if someone does want to pay sixty-six million pounds for him, fine, honestly. <laughs> Because he's not been amazing. In 29 starts last season, he got two goals and six assists for a 6.7 average rating. He spent the first half of the season barely turning up to training and matches. Like, there was a point where once a week I got a notification like, Ivan Janovic has not turned up to training. Ivan Janovic has not turned up to match day because he always go clubbing. And I'm like, so I was getting really annoyed at him. There was a point where I, like, actually put him on the loan list deliberately to annoy him. Um... And I relegated him to the under-21s for a while. But I brought him back into the fold from January. He's been doing all right. He's a very, very good inverted winger. And he's an equally good standard winger on the left-hand side. I'm playing him currently as an inverted winger. Um, but to be honest, I kind of want to move him over to be a winger. Because I've got... My other inverted wingers are better than my other wingers. So I want to move that around. But yeah, that's a thing. I've then got Sebastian Rivera. Um, there are three things you need to know about Sebastian Rivera. One is that he's a centre-back. Two is that he's got 11 for tackling as a Wonder Kid centre-back. Three is that he's got 16 penalty taken. Oof. So I don't care if he cannot tackle. He's a centre-back, Wonder Kid centre-back, with 16 penalties. I want him. And so I signed him from Universidad de Chile for £8.75 million. The only reason they accepted the deal is because I let them loan him back for the remainder of their season. Uh, he played quite well for them over there. 
um, played five times, got one assist, 7.08 average rating, and then came back and played for us for the second half of the season when our defence magically got better because all of a sudden we had a good centre-back. Wow. Um, so that's fun. He is a physical, very strong physically in terms of like pace. He's quite quick, good natural fitness, doesn't have great strength at only 13, good mentals, and decent enough technicals. The problem is, like, so he's not a good enough passer or a good enough tackler. Like, he's only got 11 for tackling, 10 passing, and 12 vision. So he's not really a good enough passer to play as a ball-playing defender, but not really good enough central defender. Good, not really good enough tackler to be a proper central defender. I play him as a central defender because we're too bad to try and do this fancy-pantsy passing stuff. But, yeah, he's just... If someone came in and offered me fifty-five million pounds for him, which is his value, um, I would just be like, "Yes, please." Again, because we don't have any money, but like, I would snap your hand off for the money. Um, he is really good, and I am enjoying having a very fun centre back. But also, like, he's not good at the things that centre backs are meant to be good at, which is weird. Does that make sense? It it, it seems a bit of a, a bit of a quandary almost because it's not as though you can play him further up mm. like he, he's also an accomplished midfielder but he's not really good enough at passing to be a midfielder yeah can he play on uh, right back or something or left back uh, he could do then... but I don't really want to put him out he, like, he, he can't he, like, he would require retraining him and mm. if you haven't heard retraining players like basically mean makes them worse because you're not training them towards their potential, you're training them towards their new position. So, yeah. like, I don't really want to. It's 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 not an easy one. No. To put it that way. But yeah, again, he's a twenty-year-old who's worth forty to fifty-four million pounds, and he's a centre back with sixteen for penalties. So, that's my I'd... second wonder kid. Yeah, if if it were me, I'd be I'd be selling him, and just trying to get in something a bit better. Yeah, I will give it a go. Um, is that, is, I'm, I'm saying this like it's an easy thing to do on Football Manager to sell players for a good value. Like the AI doesn't come in and lowball you every time. Yeah, to be fair, to be fair. My third wonder kid I signed this summer from Wolves who got relegated. He is a 20-year-old Spanish midfielder called Jose Manuel Ortega. When he when I first signed him, it said that he was going to come in as a four and a half star player. He's only come in as a three and a half star player, which is a little bit disappointing. But he is also my best midfielder. Physically amazing, got eighteen agility, sixteen pace. Everything else is yellow. Twenty aggression, nineteen bravery. Only eleven tackling, but otherwise like a perfect ball winning midfielder. 12 dribbling, finishing, and first touch. So he's really good as a box-to-box midfielder as well. Like, he's just a very, very good all-round midfielder. And I got him for £35 million off relegated Wolves, which was very cool and fun. Um, Let's hope he doesn't get two relegations on his CV in two seasons. Fingers crossed for him. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. And that's not even, like, arguably my most impressive signing is another lad I brought in this summer. I brought in Juan Sebastian Galeano from Colombia. 
That's right. I've got a Colombian wonder kid. He cost 1.4 million pounds. His value immediately jumped to 24 to 32 million pounds. He's got 18 passing, 15 vision, and 16 technique. For, for a minute, I did think you were going to say that you'd got one Sebastian Veron, and I was there like, he must be like 50 now. I have not got one <laughs> Sebastian Veron. Um, he would be like 60, 70 in this save. I'm training him to be a sentimental attack. I don't know if I should be training him to be a deep... I should probably be training him to be a deep line playmaker, to be honest. But... Also, famously, Juan Sebastian Veron could not play in the Premier League, so maybe don't do yeah, that. Yeah, that is yeah. that is also true. The the only reason I'm not training him to be a playmaker is that he's five foot three. It feels like that's a bit too, bit too dainty to be a defensive midfielder. <coughs> I love how you, you you kind of stepped around calling him small, because five three is nothing. He's five foot three. He's tiny, but he cost me one point four million pounds. And he's come in and immediately demanded being an important player. So I can't complain. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot the most important thing. Jack Bycroft's back. How Yay! could you not tell us about this? I, the instant I got promoted, I went to Wolves, who had signed Bycroft off of United for 90 grand, and chucked at them all of the money that they wanted, which was 120 grand um, to sign Jack Bycroft. He played my first ever Premier League game. We lost 3-1 to Crystal Palace, and I haven't given him a game since. <laughs> but he's here, and we love him. Twenty grand well spent. I'm just kind of waiting and hoping and praying for him to develop the send-on coaching course thing. He doesn't currently oh, yeah. have any plans to be a coach, but he doesn't say anything about retirement at all. Uh, he's a, an emergency backup on seven and a half grand a week, and he's just going to sit in my first team squad and rot forever, but Jack, I love you. You've you've played three hundred games for this club over o- over ten years now. So. Do you think if if he doesn't want to go into coaching, do you think he could get a role at TTTV? <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. I've now that we're talking of coaching. Can I ask how my boy Nick McCooty is doing? Uh, you can, Nick McCooty. Last I checked, was a. Ma- uh, manager of a football league club. Is he still? He's gone. He's gone. Um, no, my, my game's just being incredibly slow. Yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Town Brown, you have one guess. Who is Nick McCooty managing? Forest Green Rovers, is it? Correct! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Get in. Vegan sausage rolls all round. That's it, Nick McCooty, I hate you. You're dead to me. He's got them in the playoff spots in Skybet League 2. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's even worse. He's making them better. Oh, God. Disgusting. Absolutely fantastic. Actually, they were mid-table in in League 2, and he's got them up in the playoffs. So, good for him. That's going well. Dead. Dead to me. Dead to me. Never asking about him again. Um, yeah, I, I've signed lots of players. Looking at my that my current starting eleven, only one of them was at Taunton last time we recorded. Oh wow! Only Sam Warren was at Taunton last time we recorded. I have gutted this squad over the last two years and put it back together in the hopes of building a Premier League side. Um, I mean, Sam Barzi is also here. 
Um, he is genuinely closing in on my all-time league goal scorer record. Actually, wait. He is two goals off. He is three goals off my all-time top goal scorer record. He has got fifty-seven for me, and he needs sixty to topple Rob Street's record from back when we were in the national. Big old Rob Street. Remember Rob Street? <laughs> I remember Rob Street. What a time! Um, he's got he he got eleven goals for me in the Premier League last season in thirty-two starts. Uh, and he's got one goal in three appearances so far this season. He's got 57 goals. He needs 60 to break Rob Street's record. Uh, and he will get there if he plays to the same level he has been over the last three seasons. So he got 24 goals in his first first season for us. Then in our promotion season, he got 21. First season in the Premier League, he got 11. And he's got one goal in three in his... in this season so far but i am actually about to drop him in the league for the first time uh because nigel hughes jones scored on his full date school scored on his first start in the carabao cup and he looks pretty good so i thought you know what i'm gonna play him and let's see how it goes um i brought him in from man united for eight million pounds because he was available for eight million pounds so i got him He's currently about as good as Fanbazi. Better in mental aerials, and he's faster. Um, not as good at passing, as good technically, attacking-wise, and physically. Um, Nigel, Big Nige is 21, whereas Sam's 25. So Nigel Hughes-Jones will, in time, be a better striker than Sam Barzi, even if he's not there yet. 16 acceleration, 15 passing, 18 finishing, 16 penalty taking as well. I've got some penalty takers in the squad now, lads. Um, Are you getting any penalties to use them with or not? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot to say, um, in our first game of the season, this season, we played Leicester. Um, we had um, Rivera's first chance to score a penalty and he it was saved. I was very sad. Um, oh my lord. But yeah. Nigel Hughes-Jones, he got his first goal for us in a in our loss in the Carabao Cup to West Ham in midweek. So I'm going to give him the start against Crystal Palace, and if he scores, Sam Barze may never play again and may never get to uh, break Rob Street's record. We'll see. That, that would be uh, a shame, if he, even if he just didn't manage to get there yeah. for him, personally. But sometimes you live in a cutthroat yeah. world. Also, well, Michael almost... Stickland is one season away from a testimonial. So I think I believe if I get to the end of this season without selling Michael Stickland this summer, he should get a testimonial. Is how old is he? He's thirty-one. Ah, because there's one thing I've realised is that when your guys are approaching testimonials, they're in their thirties. Mm-hmm. But because of how long, because of how early I signed players, they seem to be approaching testimonials at the age of twenty-six and twenty-seven. <laughs> Well, that, that's that, to be fair, that's probably better because you're getting them there during their peak. Uh, poor old Mike Stickland, he's no, he doesn't start for me anymore because the instant we got Rivera and I dropped him like a stone because Rivera's much, much, much better. And st- you said Stickland was 31? Uh, yes, he is now 31. He's a two and a half star current ability, fringe player. Uh, the coach report says he is a good player for most Skybet League One sides, and he started every game for me 
through the first half of last season, and I wonder why we were in the relegation fight. You're 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 too good to people. Honestly, when people hit twenty eight at Tadcaster Albion, we pay up five years up front for the nursing home, and we just <laughs> ship them out. Now I couldn't do that to him. He's been with me for this is his tenth season at the club. He's my captain and has been since we were in League Two. Like he first joined us when we were in the Vanarama National. He's been with us ever since. Like he's not left at all. Like and you and you wonder why you finished seventeenth. Yeah, but like he he is now my fourth choice centre back behind my partnership of Matthias Torini, who I brought in from Liverpool. Uh, he is a centre back with eighteen acceleration and fifteen pace. Yeah, I still can't play with a high line because we get got on the counter all the time. Uh, and then we've also got Ben Wilson, who's a right back who can also play centre back, who is above Stickland in the pecking order. Stickland just kind of sits in the reserves and doesn't do very much. But we we thank him for his service and will very much enjoy his testimonial next year. His testimonial where he will concede five and you'll realise that we need to get rid of yeah. him. His testimonial where we'll probably play Reading, the team that he came through at and made a grand total of one appearance for in five years. <laughs> Actually, Sicklin made that appearance last season in, re- in real life. Michael Stickland has played a football game for Reading. So, um, yeah. Oh, I, I didn't think this was a per- real person. Oh, no, no, Michael Stickland's a real person. Michael St- he is the number 70 for Reading. Indeed. And he looks like every farmer in North Yorkshire. <laughs> uh, if, if you've ever if you've ever been to a young farmers event or you've ever seen, you know, that kind of standard farmer shuffle on, maybe a flat cap, it's him, right? It's just him. He is one of three real players um in the squad. It's him, Jack Bycroft, and Calvin Ramsey, who's still with me at 32. He's a fringe player, and my assistant manager wants me to sell him. But he's got yellows almost across the board and can play at either fullback position and in midfield and in defensive midfield. So he's just going to sit in the reserves and come in and play football when I've got a load of injuries. Fair fair enough. I I also realise... That I, I I need to apologise to Michael Stickland as well. Go on, because he is he is only twenty years old, and I've just compared him to a farmer. <laughs> so, I mean, young he farmers. Is profes- he is a professional footballer as well. So I mm. I, I apologise. That maybe maybe a title for the episode, mm. Michael Stickland. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. uh, I, I mean, yeah. I I keep remembering things to report. Um, my I I think this is actually my final thing to report. Um, I have signed three right backs in the last three windows. Last season, last window, I sold a right back and signed a right back to replace Calvin Ramsey. So I came into the season with Calvin Ramsey and Reese Pashley, who is not a real player, as my two right backs. So I signed Reese Pashley for two million pounds from Blackburn last season. He played twenty-one Premier League games, scored one goal, got zero assists. Average rating of 6.39. That's bad. Um, So in January, I replaced him because he was shocking uh, and brought in Ben Wilson, um, who is the lad I mentioned, who's actually my third choice centre-back. He was my first choice right-back through the back end of last season. And he's genuinely perfectly competent Premier League standard player, but he's just a very defensive right-back. And now I've switched my wingers over. I want my 
right wing back to be the one on attack. So this summer I brought in Aaron Hicks, who is a 26-year-old I brought for £10 million from St. Johnston. He is also, well, actually the game thinks he's a good Skybet Championship player, but being a good Skybet Championship player makes you a three-star player in my team. So <laughs> that'll do. Uh, and he's got a 7.03 average rating from the start of the season, which given we've, again, we've lost twice and drawn once, he's doing pretty gosh darn well. So I'm going to keep playing him, and hopefully he keeps playing well, because he's much, much, much better than Reese Pashley. <laughs> fair, fair enough. And with that, about an hour into the recording, I think it's about time we call the break. So I could tell you the story of Percy Tushwali, a winger who I signed from Werder Bremen and finished the season with me uh, winning and scores, scored the goal that kept me in the league. I could tell you the story of Yanis Legarek, who I've just signed off of uh, Sporting Lisbon and is being paid the most money of anyone in the club, despite being a three-star player, because I thought he was really good. But I imagine everyone's bored of hearing me just go through my entire squad and talk about all the players. So I'm going to hand over to Alex Woodward, who's finally finished simulating that save. But before we do, I'm going to hand over to Alex Tamp-Brown, who has made a transfer live. Oh, I've I've not made a transfer. It's a, it's a case of a, a kid that I sold in Skybet League 1. So... He, he came through my youth academy and was immediately one of the best players in my team and eventually got picked up after one season by Fulham for £16 million plus 50% of his next transfer fee. And I've been monitoring him over the season because, you know, you want to keep tabs on your former players. And he, he's been um, courted by all the European super clubs and has just agreed a transfer um, away from Fulham. Does anybody want to guess where he's going and for how much? Well, you told us where he's going, so... I I, I have told you where he's going, yeah. but do you want to enlighten the listeners? He is going to arguably the second biggest club in Madrid behind Rio Vallecano. <laughs> yes. And maybe he is going to... And Alcacon. <laughs> he's after... I was just about to say Alcacon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he's he's going to uh, Real Madrid. And to give you a, a snapshot of where he where he is at the moment, he's an England under twenty one regular with five goals in eight games from the centre of midfield. He's just completed um, his third season with Fulham after having played 26 games in the first and 28 games in the second, scoring six, assisting two, and getting an average rating of 8.05. I don't know if that helps with your with your valuation of him. Is it a world record for you? No. Damn it. Is it? Well, it's, it's definitely a Fulham club record for you. Oh, right. Definitely a record fee received for a Premier League player. Is it a record for Real Madrid? Oh, yeah, it would be then, wouldn't it? Um, yes, probably. 120. You're not far off. It's 124 million. 
and I get 50% of it. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting £62 million pounds from, this, um, from this deal. And the funniest part of it, right, is that he's also got a sell-on fee in his contract with Fulham. And it's 35%. So Fulham are only getting 15% of this deal for 124 million. The Khan's the strike of- again. <laughs> this is a I, I can't believe it. It's it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Oh, that is brilliant. It's time for Alex Woodward. So before I go into the added to save, which is coming back this week after a hiatus last time around, I'll talk about Teddy Berlin real quick. When I last left you, we had just knocked out Bayern Munich in the FA Pokal, and we had drawn our opening five games in the spite of Bundesliga because, you know, we're the real entertainers of the division. We actually ended up, I think, pushing that to seven draws in a row to start the season just like we were the absolute carbon neutral side and we made a bit of a run in the Pokal that year we beat Hamburg 1-0 in the next round (laughs) absolutely fantastic you love to see it I would then knock out Darmstadt in the round of 16 the best part about this, they were managed by Andre Breitenreiter, who said that they would be able to easily get past us. I think he said, you know, they're an easy side for us. It's one of the easiest sides we could have got. Then we beat them 2-1. And then he called the game a fluke. And then he immediately got fired from Darmstadt. And then I was the favourite to take his job, which I didn't do in the end. But that would have been, if anything, even more funny. It would have been absolutely fantastic. And apparently managers don't learn their lessons because in the next round of the quarterfinals, we would get drawn against Eintracht Frankfurt. I can't remember who the manager was at the time. Does it list them on here? You know, it might have been Sayawane. Was it Sayawane? I think it, yeah. I think it was Sayawane who has always had a problem with me in football manager. I don't know why he just hates me so much, but apparently in like at least three or four saves now, he's come to despise me. And he also said, oh, it's an easy fixture for us. It's absolutely fantastic. You know, we could have got a better opponent. And then we beat them 1-0. And then he called it a fluke. And shortly after the game, he was sacked. I don't think it was straight after the game like it was with Brighton (laughs) Writer, but it was within a month of that. The Pirate are below us, anyway, man. Absolutely fantastic. So that was us into the semi-finals. We would get drawn against Bayer Leverkusen. And... They're managed by the guy who I can't pronounce the name of properly at Celtic, Postikoglu. And I was hoping to see the same thing from his press conference, but he said, well, it's going to be a really entertaining fixture. You know, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a good game. I'm hoping we come out on top. You know, we're not going to be underestimating them. And we lost 3-0 <laughs> to Bayer Leverkusen in the semi-finals. Only because they didn't underestimate us, I would say. God, Don't man. worry, though. The universe hasn't completely shattered because Neverkusen would continue to live up to their Neverkusen name by losing to Borussia Dortmund in the final. So, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I don't think I went into many of my transfers. Like, oh, no, I did go into my transfers, didn't I? Because I, I talked about 
Yanis Vykov and Paul Will and Dingchi. Um, I was able to get a youngster, a regen from San Setien. I can't remember what his name was at the time, but I found it hard to pronounce, so I changed it to Martel as a direct reference to a character from Call My Agent, you know, which is what normal people do, right? <laughs> they rename regens to <laughs> characters from TV shows. Normal behaviour, you know. Perfectly normal behaviour, but he was absolutely fantastic that year for me. All of the regents that I had, either from my own academy or from other clubs, came in and played really well. I had a defender called Francesco Pinto, who I brought in from Portugal, who was really solid, and a guy called Sebastian Ronacher, who I brought in from 1860 Munich, who was phenomenal as well. And we actually started to move up the table. We were in the promotion places. However, we lost 3-0 on the penultimate game of the season to lose that automatic promotion place. We lost the place to Holstein Kiel, which wasn't ideal. But in all fairness, it means they get to go to the Bundesliga for the first time. So that's good. They were two goal difference better than us and on the same number of points at this point. So we went into the last day knowing that realistically we could overtake them on goal difference but we would need to win and hope they dropped points. And we played really well on the last day. Away at Magdeburg, we won 3-0. I, I forgot to mention actually, one of the guys I signed is a guy called Juan Manuel Gutierrez. I signed him from Burgos and when I was scouting I was like, I remember that name, why do I remember that name? And luckily, I've sort of documented all of my past FM saves by taking screenshots and putting them into folders, like, you know, a normal person, right? And so I looked back, I was like, Depot, I think it was Depot. And in my Deportivo La Coruña save, I'd signed Juan Manuel Gutierrez in La Liga, and he'd gone on to score 30 goals for me before moving on to another club. And then I signed this region, who was phenomenal. But I'd managed him before, managed him quite well, and so I signed him again. He scored in this game, so did Evan Dinchy and Ronashare. And it looked like, unfortunately, it wasn't going to be enough because Holstein Kiel were winning 2-0 away at Paderborn. So we were still level on 58 points, but they were one goal difference better than us. But then in the 89th minute, a guy called Kofa scored for Paderborn. They dropped down onto the same goal difference as us. And on goals scored, Tebby Berlin were promoted to the Bundesliga at the first attempt. <laughs> yes. You are a god. You are a god. That is that is a strong compliment coming from you. <laughs> Look, you anyone, that gets, anyone that gets a tennis club into the top flight of <laughs> German football not only deserves a round of applause but deserves every accolade coming their way. Did I? I think I won German fan, German f- Players Manager of the Year or something like that, beating Jurgen Klopp, which was quite funny. I mean, who even is Jurgen Klopp? Who he's even he's is no Jürgen one. Klopp? He's no exactly. one. <laughs> so we moved on into our first ever Bundesliga campaign. And on the last episode, I talked about how good Bayern Munich's second team was and decided to implement that by... Signing all of our players, <laughs> even as the Drisseliga side of it was still significantly better than the side I'd just got promoted with to the Bundesliga. So I brought in a record signing, Lovro Zovarek. Zovarek. 
Something like that. I am dreading the day he actually becomes a good player for Bayern Munich because I'm going to have to say his name repeatedly on Golden Deutsch, so that's not going to be fun. But I spent a mind-boggling 1.2 million euros on him. I know. The amount that teams are allowed to spend in football these days is truly ludicrous. Anyway, I also bought in Jordi SA22 from Bochum for half a million euros. I got Stefan Ortega from Hamburg for 150,000 euros. I bought in a load of free agents as well. Joe Gallart, uh, Brooke Norton, Brooke Norton Coffey, who is meant to be really good on FM, I think, but had just been released by, was it, would it have been Arsenal? Just released, so I got him on a yep. three. And he immediately became one of my best players. It was really confusing. But the signing I was most excited by, an experienced... Oh, I bought Paul Wanner in on loan and a John Ibrahimovic, which is why I was talking about Bayern Schwey. I realised I didn't mention them. So I was three of Bayern Schwey's best players, who two of which we mentioned on the last episode, completely randomly, coming to the club to be main players in my Bundesliga side. The most exciting signing, though, I was able to pick up a veteran striker who knew the Bundesliga while he'd just been released by his club. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, I don't care what the fit's like. I just have to sign him. Does anyone know who I signed? Paddy Bamford. No, no, a veteran Bundesliga striker. He can be a veteran Bundesliga striker if he wants to. He's Paddy Bamford. He currently uh, plays in the Bundesliga in real life. I don't know why, but the first name that came to mind was Graficia from the Wolfsburg winning no. title winning team. I, I can't tell you. My Bundesliga knowledge is that poor. He's 34 in 2027. Oh so my life. That is... Currently so he... 29. Yeah. Is it Fulkrug? It's Fulkrug! Oh, of course it is. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as I saw I could buy Nicholas Fulkrug, I just had to. And yeah, he was okay for me in, in our first season. He scored eight goals. The Again, kind of in both of these seasons, I've sort of been dragged up by a few players playing really well and everyone else just sort of kind of existing. So, I say 2-2 and Brooke Norton Cuffey played well in the Bundesliga campaign. Paul Wanner was sensational. Cyprian Martel, fantastic. Ron Asher, so, you know what? Lovro. Lovro from Bayern was fantastic, but for the most part, a lot of the players... Oh, and Ortega was a rocking goal. I feel like my defence, apart from him, is not that good. So we would have just gone down without Ortega. We finished ninth in the end. One place ahead of Hertha Berlin, so we were now the best team in the city of Berlin because Union is still in the Spider. And this is despite, kind of like Tamp Brown with Tadcaster... My wages compared to the rest of the league are ludicrously small. So Bayern Munich at the top spend 331 million euros per year. When you look further down the league, you know, Wolfsburg have 108, Hertha 84, drop down to Köln 56, Freiburg 41. When you get down to the lowest teams and you've got Darmstadt on 31.1 million per year, Going to Firth on 25.3 million per year. And then there's me with 10.6 million per year. And I'll be You're honest. Just vibing. You're just vibing there. Just vibing. And I'll be honest, I have been helped out by the fact that 
So my players don't seem to understand that they're Bundesliga players now. So the obvious example for me was Sebastian Ronescher, who's a regen who I signed from 1860 Munich. And he was getting a lot of interest from other clubs and he had a low sort of team role at, at the time. And so I was worried that he was going to go. But to give you an idea, there were like, I think Wolfsburg were after him, Inter were after him. A host of European clubs were in the running to sign him. And so I entered contract negotiations with him, worrying that he was going to completely break my sort of wage structure. And so we get into negotiations like, I want a five-year deal. I want to be an important player. Bearing in mind, he, at this point, the scout report says, yeah, he's a Bundesliga quality player. He goes, I want 1.6 grand a week. Big, <laughs> big win. <laughs> Massive win. So most of my players are still on like a grand a week and I'm a Bundesliga side. The the ones I bought in are the exceptions, but even Ortega's only on 14 grand a week and I think he's my highest earner. Yeah, full crew gone 12. It's a good wage. It's a good wage budget. Yeah, I don't know how I'm getting these players this cheap, but apparently they expect nothing from Teddy Berlin, and that's understandable in all fairness. So, ninth they also in the have... league. I was going to say, do they also have contracts to play at Wimbledon or, <laughs> or any other sort yeah. of open? Yeah, you know, they're, they're allowed to market tennis products as well. You know, that's how, that's how we roll here. <laughs> I Please think tell I'm me you're sponsored go... by Slattinger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I bet we I get I bet we get to be sponsored by that charity where the DFB said they weren't allowed to be sponsored by in real life Cure. We'll say we're sponsored by them. There's a, a story there to read if you want to go and read it. Anyway, ninth in the league. My contract expires at the end of next year, and I think I'm just going to leave after that because I'm I'm ready to move on, to be honest, from from Tevi. I've taken them as far as I want to take them, as far as I think I can take them. So I'm I'm ready for that next challenge after that. Let's go into the editor save, because the editor save is a... It, it's weird, still. It's still weird. So obviously it's been a while since we covered this on the podcast, but where we last left off, you two had had a rotten season. Alex Towles had been sacked by Greuther Firth and had... I'd been unable to find him a new job. Alex Tam Brown was at Darmstadt and got sacked, and then I allowed him to join Alversburg. And also, I finished in Europe in the Bundesliga. Totally not, you know, totally not a, a, a self promotion again for, for yourself. <laughs> Ted Lasso finished <laughs> mid table in the Schweizer Bundesliga as well. So, going into the new season, you were in charge, Tam Brown, of Alversburg. I was able to find Tal's new job. He went to Bochum, who had just been relegated from the Bundesliga. So, this is his second relegated club in a row that he's taken over after complaining about me getting a too easy job with Union Berlin. Let's see how well that claim went. So, again, notable signings made by both. I allowed... Alex Towles to sign Nick McCutty from Eintracht Braunschweig. So, big up Nick McCutty. I've now realised he left the hull, so that's disappointing. I'm going to have to bring him back in. But apart from that, he also signed Thomas Mounier on a free, 
which was absolutely fantastic. After I had signed Thomas Mounier on a free for Union Berlin, he had been released by Union and signed again in the Spider Bundesliga. Boris Tomiak is a name you might be aware of if you are a fan of the Spider Bundesliga as well. I believe he's currently playing for Kaiserslautern. They signed Oscar Bob from Manchester City, which great name for 4.2 million. Julian Justvan, who's another name you'll know if you're a Spider Bundesliga fan from Paderborn, for 2.4 million. They signed a lot of players. How much did they spend in total? Sven Botman, Enzo Lefay. They they really weren't messing around in this transfer window. 37.5 million spent by Belkin, which is far more than I spent. When I was in the Spider Bundesliga with Union Berlin, hold on to that thought. Meanwhile, Alversberg also signed a few interesting players. Daniel O'Shaughnessy, who was in the Finnish squad at Euro 2021. Manolas Saliakas from St. Pauli as well. You... <clears throat> no, actually been released by St. Pauli. Armel Belakotchap, the former Bokum player. I think that's the end of the notable signings, to be honest. I mean, honest. who doesn't love a bit of ABK at the back? Oh, you got to love it, right? you got to love oh, it. Oh, yeah, of course. And, of course, it is also worth mentioning that you have Kylian Mbappe and Rando Colomani. Oh, you also, sorry, you signed Jerome Roussillon as well on a three after he sorry. left Wolfsburg. I mean, I gave you a meal Forsberg because I thought it'd be funny. I also signed, I think, Serge Nabry for Welcome as well because I thought I'd give Alex Towles a bit of help. I mean, the squad by Spider Bunch League standards for both of you at this point was ludicrous. Not quite as ludicrous as Ted Lasso's squad for Byroyf. I'll just I'm just gonna read through the list of players he's got. You tell me if you think this squad will do one in the Spider. Neko Williams, Sergio Ramos, Chris Metham, Angelino, Emery Chan, Nicholas Hoffler of Freiburg, Eric Gutierrez, Mikhail Saka, Jack Grealish, Darwin Nunes, Victor Moses, Musa Sissoko. Luis Rojas, Diego Costa, Matthias Bogus, Nicholas Smith, Sergio Busquets, and oh, Nolenberg is a player who's currently there. So, quite a good side. I think we'd all pretty, quite good. Pretty decent, I think we'd all yeah. agree on that. Just quickly to talk about what happened in Madrid, before we go on to how, how they all did, Energy Cottbus promoted Fortuna Köln, promoted from the Dritter Liga, and Prussian Munster in the playoff, which I've not played through yet. Anyway, so pretty good squad for Byroif. 13th. Inverse Fighter. Oof. Oof indeed. So, so that wasn't good. Neither was what happened to your guys. Alex Tamp Brown was the first to be sacked after, bearing in mind, an Alversberg squad with Rando Colomarani, Kylian Mbappe, Jerome Roussillon, Emil Forsberg, and all those other players I mentioned, bottom with five points from eight games. Oh, wow. Towels oh, would oh. follow quickly afterwards with an even better squad. <laughs> they were, I think, 15th, but that Bochum side, that Bochum side in real life would do well in the Bundesliga, let alone in the Spider. So it really wasn't good enough. And at this point, I officially quit. I waved the white flag. I have got rid of your regen managers and just given you some actual managers because we, we mentioned this in the last episode. Our managers did significantly better on the 99 database with where I'd just overwritten some actual real-life human beings, which does feel wrong to an extent, but it was like the only option I had. 
So I've done that again. I'll tell you who you're in charge of in a bit. So in a league with Erling Haaland, Darwin Nunes, Kylian Mbappe, Randa Kolomuani, who finished as the top goal scorer? Oh, Harry Kane's in the league as well. Who finished as the top goal scorer? Probably some random Zweiter player. Uh, well, not random Zweiter player. Some random... Where is he at the moment? Some random La Liga DOS player, Matthias Arezo, who... I oh, wow. signed, or, or, or I did sign on my Palmer save before I ditched it for Tebby. 33 goals in 32 games. <laughs> the only thing is, St. Pauli sold him at the start of the season because he only scored 5 in 20 for St. Pauli. So they sold him oh, to, uh, to Fortuna Jesus. Dusseldorf. Actually, I should mention as well, so Towles got the Bochum job. The St. Pauli job was open at the same time. I was like, no, he's not ruining St. Pauli. Do you want to know who took the St. Pauli <laughs> job instead? Please. Erdin Tersic. Brilliant. <laughs> so, after I created your managers, one of them got a job in the Bundesliga, one of them got a job in the Spider. And I hate to tell you, Tam Brown, you were the one who got a job in the Spider. With bottom of the league, Saarbrücken. So, really, it couldn't have been gone okay. any worse for you. But on the last day of the season, you kept them up and put Hansa into the relegation playoff play. So I officially love you now. So you've actually stayed right. through till the end of the season. One of the only teams I didn't touch were newly promoted Dinamo Dresden. Now, normally when a team is promoted, I, I want to give them a bit of help to settle into the league. I didn't do anything with Dinamo Dresden. They won the Spider Bundesliga. Oh my 64 <laughs> points. This is a league where Haaland is playing for 1860. Bochum have a load of fantastic players. Eintracht Frankfurt are in the league. Alversberg have Mbappe. Berghausen have Kai Havertz. There are so many good teams in this league, and yet Dino Dresden shot straight through it and back into the Bundesliga. And normally, I would have my doubts about Terzic, but St. Pauli were promoted alongside them. Yes! Which they should have been, because oh they had word. Harry Kane in the squad, a 200 current ability Jackson Irving, a 200 current ability Dapo Afa Lion, a... <laughs> Alexander Nubel, who was really, really good for the league as well, and so many other players. Dapo Afalayan would finish third in average rating. Erling Haaland, 7.86 average rating. In all fairness, he scored 32 goals. So only one behind Arezo. 32 goals from 31 games. Overall, since joining 1860, he has 126 and 127. <laughs> so he's still good, but Alversberg finished 12th with all of our <laughs> talent. Dino Dresden won the league. 1860 finished fourth. Going into the Bundesliga, I gave Towles the option whilst we weren't recording between red or blue. He picked blue. That, in all fairness, was the wrong answer because it was Schalke. Oh, God. You were bottom of the league, but like with Alex Tam Brown, you did actually, your new manager's more competent, a mini-revival, your entry the relegation playoff. But 16th, that's better than they were expected to do, and it means that for the time being, you have kept your job. It says satisfied with life at the moment, so, you know, you're actually doing fairly well. There was a small... Ch oh, you have you played the relegation no, playoff yet? No, not yet. You're playing... Oh, God. Fortuna Dusseldorf. 
with Avezo. Can we watch the game? Can we do that? That that sounds like an excellent way to end the podcast. It, it it's it's an excellent way to end the podcast, but it's two games, and I do not have the time to do it. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, Timo Werner finished second in goal scoring with twenty one for Stuttgart. That's good. Do you want to guess who? In fact. I'll, I I will tell you who the best three players were in average rating for Bundesliga, and you can tell me who they play for. Pedri, 7.45. Dortmund. Kaiserslautern. Of course. Vinicius, 7.48. Kaiserslautern. Kaiserslautern. Karlsruhe. <laughs> they got promoted to the Bundesliga, so I thought, I'm going to give them Vinicius. And they finished 14th as a result. Yeah, why not? And Gavi. Because of course. Because of course. Dortmund. Um, no, uh, 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 Firth. He couldn't find the city because he was told it doesn't exist. Bielefeld. Bielefeld. Oh, come on, Tampa. Yeah, Surely you know yeah, the Bielefeld conspiracy theory. Oh, I feel as though I, I've been told about it, but I forget. Yeah, the, it, uh, the long-running joke of the city of Bielefeld doesn't exist. They finished in European competition straight after coming up, and that might be because I gave them a load of really good players out of nowhere. Let's see who they signed. I gave them Gabriel Martinelli, Pedro Porro, Ryan Gravenberg, Jasperia, not that one, um, Camavinga, and Gavi. So, you know, a few decent players there. I, I did, for Schalke, sign, after Taos became a manager, I gave them Neymar and Ashraf Hakimi. So, that sort of explains why you were able to turn it around. I did also give Saarbrook and Bruno Fernandes and Nahuen Perez. So, I, I gave you both good players because I'm trying to help you up the leagues. Bayern Munich finished 10th in the Bundesliga this season. Oh no, sorry, 11th in the Bundesliga. They sacked Zidane midway through the campaign and there was a small chance that Alex Woodward of Union Berlin was going to take the job. <laughs> but they gave it to Pochettino in the end. And that was a good decision for Alex as well because Union would this year make the Champions League. So my regen is perfectly good. Your regens were not and are now dead as a result and I've had to replace them. Meanwhile, oh, oh, they were knocked out in the semi-finals of Europa League by Bayern. Oh, no. oh, that is heartbreaking. Oh, it gets worse. They conceded goals in the 90th and 95th minute. They, they were 1-0 up in the second leg. They conceded three past the 88th minute to lose. Oh, no. Uh, did Bayern win the Europa League? Oh, no. no they're, they're into the final against Chelsea. So, in all fairness, I probably would rather see them win the Europa League now. But anyway, Union doing remarkably well still into the Champions League for next season, which in all fairness might actually happen in real life. Anyway, for the second time in three years, by just one point in the end, Kaiserslautern won the Bundesliga, 71 points to Dortmund's 70. Maybe I should help Bielefeld try and become the next dominant force. Oh my God, their manager's not there. Daniel Scherning was sacked. They finished seventh as a newly promoted side and they've sacked the manager. <laughs> oh my word. Did you, did you boost them too much? I, I, don't, I didn't do anything to them. 
I, I just gave him a few players. That's all I did. <laughs> Daniel Shirley was sacked in real life by Bielefeld because he was terrible. But in this save, he's taken him to 7th in the Bundesliga and they've gone, you know what, not good enough. Yeah, that'll do. I'm going to bring in Bielsa. I think that's my decision. <laughs> Bielsa left Nuremberg, who, by the way, were relegated this year despite all of their amazing talent. And you know what? We're bringing Marcelo back because I, I need him in the Bundesliga. So he can say bye-bye to that Wolves job. I wonder if you can replicate his man-marking system in Football Manager. I don't think... Of, I can't think of a way you could, but it'd be fun if you could. Yeah, yeah, it would, actually. So, yeah, another wild season of up and downs in, in Germany with just the hardest explanation for why your managers didn't work. Though, luckily, you know, you now finally seem to be heading in the right direction. I don't know what I'm going to have to do to get Bayreuth into the Bundesliga because at this point they have a squad that should be finishing high up in the Bundesliga and they're in the bottom half of the spike, so go bigger. Welcome to the unscheduled part two of the podcast. It's only me and Woodward here at the moment because we had the opportunity to sit down after we'd recorded the however long you've just heard to live, to, to do the, what is it, the playoff final? Yeah, yeah, the promotion relegation playoff between the Bundesliga and Spyter. Because your Schalke side are in it. Yeah. Yeah, to do that with my manager live. So we're going to be watching that together and recording our reaction. And you can hear our reaction live. It will be like a let's play of Football Manager, except you can't watch the Football Manager. <laughs> you just get to listen to somebody going, Ooh, what a Football Manager that just was. So... Should be ready to go straight into the game from here. Oh, there we go. The teams are warming up. So, uh, just to remind you, it is Alex Talzer's Schalke taking on Pellegrino Matarazzo's Fortuna Dusseldorf. So, very exciting. Obviously, the key thing to see is whether Matthias Arezzo will be starting up front for Fortuna Dusseldorf after his 35 goals in 33 games. In the Spider was better than Kylian Mbappe, Erling Haaland, Darwin Nunes and Rando Colomuani and Emil Forsberg and all of the other players we have in the Spider Bundesliga this season because of how I set up the league and yet he managed to somehow still be the top goal scorer. Alex? Yeah? I've forgotten if I'm the one trying to get promoted or trying not to get relegated. You're trying not to get relegated. Okay. Uh, sorry, I've now muted football manager. I don't know if... I'm guessing you couldn't hear that. It, it was starting to get a bit on my nerves trying to hear everything else and hear myself over the very excited Valtins Arena where this first game is taking place. Schalke being the home side. Oh, for... yeah, because it's across two legs. Yes, Schalke being the home side for the first game. I was just trying to think back to last year's playoffs. And I can't even remember what the Spider Bundesliga one was to be. Oh, it was Hamburger against Hertha. That was it. I remember now. Anyway, let's have a look then at who Alex Towles is playing. He's got Neymar in this side. So, you know, it should be good. <laughs> Neuer in goals. Hakimi at right back. 
So it's a very, very good side. I gave you a few of them players towards the end of the season. Notable players for Dusseldorf include Arezo and Yakov Medic is starting at centre-back for them, who you will know if you're a St. Pauli fan, because he is currently a St. Pauli player. And as we've recorded this, it was the weekend of a Hamburg derby, and he put it into his own net. So, thanks, Yakov. Really I do also want to give a mention to Rooney Bargi, the um, football manager wonder kid from this season, who is also in my starting lineup and has immediately Yo! set up the opening goal for Andy Shakiri. Rooney Bargi running into the right half space, um, breaking through the lines, playing the ball across a wonderful cutback, Manchester City esque play from my Schalke side, playing through Andy Shakiri who slots the ball into the back of the net, past the despairing Fortuna Dusseldorf goalkeeper. Ramage. Diant Ramage. Indeed. Ooh, betting for Zlij. He's also playing in this game as well, the St. Pauli player. So, you know, two St. Pauli players in this game. Stop stealing them from us. God. Also, our Trafikima mm-hmm. with a free kick for that first goal. Very impressive from him. Second highlight of the game now in the 42nd minute. Oh, Arezo's through and saved by Manuel Neuer. Arezo, 35 goals in 33 games in this fighter after he had been playing for St. Pauli in this save and been bought by Fortuna Dusseldorf for 3.5 million euros, which is an absolute steal. They do nothing with the corner that came from Neuer's save. Wow. Yeah, Arezo's chance came from a site that will be familiar to many of you who play a high line in this year's FM, which was the defender giving away the ball for no reason and leaving the attacker in acres of space. It's a highlight now just before half-time, on the stroke of the half-time whistle, and my Schalke side have got the ball into the box, but immediately into the hands of Ramaj, the goalkeeper. I mean, there was no Ramage. Schalke player in the box. There was no Schalke player in the box. It was just a big lump. Just Speaking of big lumps, the goalkeeper gives it straight back to us. But then they win it back again. Oh, high pressing gets us the ball. It's now Neymar. Hakimi's got the ball on the wide right. It's really hard for me to commentate when I'm seeing this game at about one frame per second. Oh, it's gone into his own net. <laughs> it's yeah. Fritzlici, the St. Pauli player in real life, put into his own net. Mm. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. 2 0 Schalke. Clearly, Dusseldorf do not want to be a Bundesliga side. I mean, who can blame them when you're in the fun that is the fighter? They've decided that this weekend as well because they lost to someone. I watched the game and I already can't remember what happened but they lost, and it means they're almost certainly not going to catch HSV up. Kind of like us. <laughs> Life is painful. Anyway, half-time, Schalke 2, Fortuna Dusseldorf 0. Schalke easily outperforming Fortuna Dusseldorf so far, actually of 1.3 to 0.38. That goal on the doorstep of half-time, the own goal, really going to make Pellegrino Matarazzo's team talk just so much fun. It's going to be great. Don't think anyone's made a change yet. A razor with a free kick. Oh, Neuer making the save. I was going straight into the top corner early on in the second half. Oh, that would have been a right start to the half, but no. Nothing happening. Corner for Shinta Applekamp. 
Massimo's had us saved by Manuel Neuer. Dusseldorf playing the uh, famed seven-back formation, which I'm sure is why they're really struggling right now. Yeah, no one's having a good game for them at the moment. I know that was amazing analysis, right? I could just hear. Yeah, saying, you're looking at the the team ratings, and it's a C of six point four, six point three, six point ones. Well, I've got a couple greens. Oh wow! Just having a look at some of these changes. Tim Leibold coming on for Fortuna Dusseldorf. Ricardo Pepe as well. Which, if you're having to rely on Ricardo Pepe, things are not going well for you. Vitaly Becker and Apaguma coming on for. Schalke. So the managers have started to make their changes. It's nice to see that your manager is now far more com competent because I've replaced him with an actual manager and just put your name on the top of some real life person. Yeah. It's technically identity theft when you think about it, but you know. <laughs> Full time Schalke beating Fortuna Dusseldorf 2 0 in the first Yay! leg. Obviously, don't need to play a second leg, right? Yes, we can end going, it here, right? right? Going, away, <laughs> going away to Dusseldorf as well, which is not the easiest stadium to play at. Everyone doesn't know why Ted Lasso attended the game because uh, I, the only manager I actively control on the editor save is Ted Lasso, and so I was attending as him, and they're all very confused by that. There is another game. Ted actually. Lasso was in. Ted Lasso was incredibly confused by the lack of a believe sign anywhere <laughs> in the Schalke ground. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why, but when you load the game with Byroy for believe signs in a really weird colour, like it's really awful pink and really awful yellow and it just doesn't work. The other promotion relegation game for replacing the Spider Bundesliga over Dritter, pushing Munster against Hansa Vostok. I just want you to see if you can see what I've done with Hansa. And oh wow, we've signed a load of players out of nowhere. Okay, never mind. I Did you get rid of all their players? Yeah, I terminated the contracts of all their players. That's why so few of them have actively played a game this year. <laughs> Most of them have not played at all. Where are they coming oh it's all the second team players who are coming up. So, the good news is, oh, wow, he's actually quite talented, so let's just terminate his contract. They had, <laughs> they had, a, had a good regen. I'm not having that. That's not okay. Are there any other really good regens who could... Any of them? You should just transfer them to St. Pauli before they get too oh, no, uh, poisoned. I don't want a player who's been ruined by Hans of Ostock in the team. Oh, he looks kind of good. Okay, terminate his contract. There we go. Uh, I think I'm just going to go ahead now. And what happens, happens. Prussian Munster win the first leg, 2-0. Oh, Lex Tiger-Lobinger playing for them. Oh, I love him. He's fantastic. He plays a Kaiserslautern in real life. I don't know who he is, so none of us care. Oh, he plays for Bonn in the real Irvin Chindrak. Yes. Anyway, we'll move ahead now to the next game between Fortuna Dusseldorf and Schalke. Oh, God, I forgot about it. Should we... Do you want to do a live commentary on the DFB Pokal final, or do we think we're going to be pushing it a bit? I, I, I don't think anyone cares about the Pokal final. It's Kaiserslautern. It's, it is Kaiserslautern, but Mo, none of us are in charge of Kaiserslautern. It's Mo Salah and Pedri's and Pulisic's and Kimmich's Kaiserslautern. Nah, let's just let them play it. 
Who do you think's gonna win then? Kai Slauten or Borussia Dortmund? Have they got Salah? Yeah, Salah, Pedri, Pulisic, Kimmich, Lamptey, Mendy, Fredeki, Asensio, Hernandez, Allison, Renan Lodi. They They've also got FM League Wonder Kid Kaiki. Oh yeah. They they did win the Bundesliga by one point over Borussia Dortmund. So you well, know, Well that's just sides. a classic Dortmund, isn't it? Yeah, that's a very classic Dortmund. Don't give me hope. Meanwhile, Borussia Dortmund have Robert Lewandowski, so that's good. Oh, and Callum uh, and Jamal and Jamal Musiala. Oh yeah, I gave him Jamal Musiala ages ago. I think yeah, he's played 129 games for Dortmund now. Because I wanted him to be with Jude Bellingham. Then Jude Bellingham left, and I loaned him to Union Berlin to make everything better again. So yeah. <laughs> Who who's your money on then? Kaiserslautern or Dortmund? Kaiserslautern. Kaiserslautern. I am also going to go with Kaiserslautern. And they did. They won three one. Jamal Musiala with the only goal for Borussia Dortmund. But then, oh wow, three goals in the space of four minutes. Talos wow. Magno, Nicolas Sula own goal, and Christian Pulisic going against his former club to give Borussia Dortmund, to give Kaiserslautern sorry for DFB Pokal there. Team just go from strength to strength, and the season review started. We don't care. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no, I wanted to read Bayreuth's season review. They did really bad. They finished 13th in the Spider Bundesliga with a side that should not be in the Spider Bundesliga. It's ludicrous. Well, clearly, they shouldn't be in the Spider Bundesliga. They deserve to be relegated. If you're not getting promoted with Darwin Nunes, Bakayo Saka, Jack Grealish, Angelino, Chris Metham, Sergio Ramos, Neko Williams, Colin Dereng, ND, MMA Chan, Victor Moses, Diego Costa, Sergio Busquets, and all of that, and Musa Sissoko, and you don't deserve to keep your place of league, you deserve to be relegated, because that's just a farce. Let's just, let's just move right along. I don't care. Oh my God. It's <laughs> questions about whether deserves an international call-up or not. Okay, second leg for Tuna Dusseldorf hosting this one against Schalke, obviously. Schalke leading 2-0 from the first leg. Seems like the same side as last time. No notable changes. Uh, there is a key difference. They are playing, instead of playing two attacking midfielders behind the front man in their back seven formation, the uh, Two attacking midfielders are playing nice. as wingers. Jason Lee playing for Schalke, so there's that. First chance for Dusseldorf. Oh, no, not first chance for Dusseldorf, because they immediately gave the ball away after I said that. Oh, wait, maybe it is first chance for Dusseldorf. I don't know. Both sides are giving the ball away quite a lot already. Massimo on the right. Into the middle for a razo, and Dusseldorf score after five minutes. Oh, it could be on. A razo um. with... What now is his 36th goal of the league season? Just proving that he is God. I think if they don't get promoted, I'm giving back to St. Pauli and making sure that he plays every single game up front with Harry Kane. Maybe that's why... Oh, go on. See, I can't believe that my virtual manager is not just hunkering down and keeping the ball and not letting the other team have it, because that's all they need to do. Yeah, yeah, they're just not... And yet, here we are, Dusseldorf banging down the door. Dusseldorf, easily the better side through the first... Well, not easily the better side through the first half, but the better side through the first half, I think it's safe to say. 
Blanco for Dusseldorf ball into the box. Nothing doing from it, but they will keep it in with Paulinho, who of course plays for Bayer Leverkusen in real life and now finds himself playing for second tier Dusseldorf because of course he does. Yakov made it go on. Uh, once he made it score. Preferably mm -hmm. into the right net this time. Not over it. I'm not over it. Just for the record. More about ongoing Deutsch this week. That's going to be fun. Oh, I'm so looking forward to recording tomorrow. Oh, Paulinho into a Vezo. Oh, I think he's offside. I think he's offside. I don't think that's going to stand. I don't know. I saw it at one frame a second. One time he was on. <laughs> one frame he was onside. The next frame the ball was in the goal. So it's gone to VAR. Oh, we've been given it two oh. nil Fortuna Düsseldorf after thirty-eight we're, we're, we're minutes. We're bottling it. Matthias Cerezo it. with his thirty-seventh goal of the season. That's in League and Cup. Should say we're bottling it like Arsenal in the Premier League. <laughs> this joke of... may or may not still be relevant by the time the podcast comes out. I have no idea. Oh well, I referenced all the stuff happened in the Bundesliga on the first part of the recording. That's already all gone to part after after this yeah, weekend uh, with Bayern and Dortmund. And then in the in last week's going Deutsch, you referenced the most recent episode of Potshot, which is this one that's not out yet. Oh, it's 3-2 Dusseldorf. It's 3-0 Dusseldorf. Oscar Fraulow. This the is Schalke behaviour. <laughs> As it stands, Schalke are set to be relegated back to the Spider Bundesliga. Don't don't worry. I do know if you do get sacked, the Verda job is open at the moment. I'll give you the Verda job. Unless you're worried about relegating yeah. them. I mean... I'm now supporting Fortuna Dusseldorf in this game. <laughs> I wish this happened in real life. Just for the record, Neymar is starting for Schalke and he's got 6.4 against second-tier Dusseldorf. So, yeah. He's playing as a false nine. Oh, I don't use a false nine. It's Nate's false nine formation. That's what's, that's what's costing them. Dusseldorf, three shots on target, three goals. So, Manuel Neuer having a fantastic game so far, I think it's safe to say. Schalke with a much better squad, two shots, none on target. Pain and misery for the Nulfia fan base. I'm a Dusseldorf fan until Schalke score. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the array goal rule does exist in the playoffs. Because I'm sure Union Berlin were promoted on away goals back in the day against Stuttgart. Imagine being relegated on away goals. That, that must be fun. Oh, Paulinho waltzing through the Schalke defence. Oh, he's hit the post. Oh, no. And it came off the post at a really tight angle as well. Yeah. Like, if he'd hit the post, like, an inch further away from actually going in the goal, then the ball would have bounced off the keeper and gone in. Jason Lee being moved to forward, Neymar being moved to inverted winger. They're both playing like crap, though, so I don't know why that's going to make a difference. Did we even start Rooney Bargy? I think he did, you know, yeah. the guy who actually did the football in the last game. Yeah, I think he did. It is worth saying, we've been watching 73 minutes of this game now. There has been no Schalke, even attack, that we've seen. Yeah, no. We, we've not seen a Schalke highlight. Zimmerman down the right. Ball into the middle. Paulinho, uh, it's, gone, it's gone out for a corner to Dusseldorf. One more, and this is game over. For Saligi coming off, he's managed to not score an own goal, so well done to him. 
you know, progress. And Andy Shakiri coming off for Schalke. And there's Rooney Bargy. Oh, he has, he has been playing the whole game. Oh, now Schalke do get to do something. If they score here, I think they stay up. Well, oh, they're passing it backwards at the moment. I'm not going to be able to pronounce that name. That's ridiculous. I can't read the names. <laughs> oh my god, they've scored as well from the funniest. <laughs> What's the keeper oh doing? Oh my word. Oh my word. So let's describe that. Uh, yeah. The ball's just kind of being played around in that classic horseshoe, I don't know how to attack way that it gets done. Uh, then there's a hopeful ball played over by the right winger, which I think is Rune... Oh, no. no the ball's driven in by the right back. Cannons off a midfielder, loops up into the air. The keeper spills it, and Andy Shakiri just taps it in. No, no, it's Top who who uh, put it in. Keke Top. Everyone's favourite That person player. puts it in. Is Keke Top a player playing in... Oh, he... Well, he used to play for Verde, apparently, except he didn't play for Verde because he never played for Verde. He's currently at Schalke in real life, apparently, but he's in the second team. Five minutes at a time, as it stands, Schalke are going to keep their place in the Bundesliga for a freak own goal. Uh, oh, no, 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 goal. For a freak goal, and they have done so. So Schalke, <laughs> despite how awful they were in that game, staying up in the Bundesliga, Alex Towles has done it. Um, you know oh, what? Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Absolutely. Let's see if you've not been sacked. I don't think you'll have been sacked after keeping them up. That would be absolutely insane. Have you considered it would be funny, though? It would be funny. It would also be Schalke. So, <laughs> yeah. Then again, Oliver Kahn's not the CEO, so maybe they're not going to make a decision that bad. Burn. <laughs> <laughs> Dortmund, Stefano Pioli wins manager of the year. Let's see if Prussia Munster take the place in the Bundesliga. Just about, and fighter Bundesliga, I should say. Just about, Hansa Rostock winning 2-0, but Prussia Munster being promoted on penalties. Penalties in the end. Let's just see if Alex Towles has been sacked, because that would, like he said, be funny. Schalke, no, you're still in the job. Content oh, with well, things what are doing at the moment? and happy with his team's recent form. Well, they sacked... I can't remember who took over for Ole Werner. Was it Mancini? Moritz, Fo- Moritz Foltz is the caretaker. The guy who scored the 15,000th goal in the Premier League, as we did on a quiz ages ago. Oh, it was Deschamps who was in, and he got sacked. Mancini was sacked before that, then they brought in Deschamps, and he's been sacked. Can I go to Werder anyway? You can go to Werder if you want to go to Werder. Yeah. I like being Verda manager. I'm a Verda fan, for those of you who do not know that. Yes, indeed. I've been Verda manager before and football manager. Not, I... not in this save, but in 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 my personal saves. I, I've taken Verda to the Bundesliga title, actually. I've won the Bundesliga with Verda Bremen. Nice. I would happily take over Verda Bremen on this year's save from my Tebby management at the moment, except for that kit is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I don't want to have to look at it on a... On a regular basis. And again, I do watch I them all it. the time. It's not uh, great, but it doesn't suck. I think those kits last year were absolutely phenomenal for Verda in the Spider Bundesliga. Mm. 
because everything's better in this fight in Bundesliga. And that's why I've kept telling myself after that St. Pauli lost to HSV. Mm. <laughs> Just going, oh, it's better. I, I prefer it here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You could still win all the games and they could lose all the games. That seems unlikely. It would be funny, though. It would be ab- absolutely hilarious. But You know what point... would happen then, though? You'd lose the rege- relegation promotion playoff. Yeah, yeah. To Stuttgart or someone like that. Mm. Fun. Anyway, um, can we have a look at my manager profile for a moment? You can, yeah. Because I... I, we clicked past it earlier and I noticed something which amuses me. Yep, there it is. I have a score of 18 out of 20 for coaching defending, which, given the performance you've just seen, is hilarious. <laughs> I, I changed the profile to make you younger than whoever it is who I took who I took you from. So you're born in 1986, it says up here, but it says you started playing in 1976 with <laughs> Wenjirola. I mean, yeah. I, I'd say guess who I've taken over. I'd guess who Alex has made overwritten to make me based on that. But if I remember rightly, you've already told us who you overwrote to make me earlier on I in the podcast. did so. not. Because I don't oh. have a clue. The guy who's currently the... at Malaga? Well, it's a currently unemployed manager. Wait, maybe it's a coach at Malaga who left Malaga to go and coach Girona? Let's see if I can find him. Tapia, I think it is. A guy called Antonio Tapia. Tapia. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely him because it shows him managing Tenerife as well, which was his last managerial role in real life. Yes, I've just opened his Wikipedia page and that does check out. Yeah, oh, look at look at those glasses. Oh, fantastic! So that's you. That's what you. That's what you look like now. Enjoy that. Amazing. Right, I think it's time to wrap up the podcast. I'll cut back into the original ending of the podcast. Yes, cut back into the original ending because I'm sure that I don't remember anything about it other than the fact that it was bad. So enjoy this bad ending to our podcast. <laughs> And with that, let's bring this episode of A Thousand Hours to a close. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, thank you to Alex Woodward for being here. Thank you to Alex Tant Brown for being here. Thank Leave you us sure. a like and a review if you enjoy the podcast. Make sure you play plenty of Football Manager and enjoy the spring sun while you're at it. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. I'll be the same. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.